0: Your daily podcast
1: on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. Everybody and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein. Again, that's normally him, but today I've upgraded once again with John Garcia from SI.com. John, how impressed are you with all our new graphics?
1: It's extremely fancy. This is the highest class I've seen you guys uh, be a part of, so I'm excited to be a small part of it. You guys are upgrading, and I'm happy to still be worthy of your time.
0: The bar was low, let's all admit, (laughs) but now the bar is slightly higher. Nobody's limboing under this bar just yet, but we're getting there, John. And with your help, we're going to continue to get there. Uh, John, for those who don't know, is a recruiting guru, and um, he's been – He's he, he's been doing stuff with us since way back at Talking Tuscaloosa. I see him at the Super Six and uh, Alabama-Mississippi All-Star games all the time. Uh, and then he's also been a part of our scoreboard show forever and ever. So, John, just tell everybody where the world of recruiting is right now. What is going on in recruiting? I know there's some Under Armour camps and things like that, but, but what's the big news of the day in recruiting at the moment?
1: Well, I was going to say, the the recruiting world is trying to flip the calendar to 2023, so focusing on that next wave of recruit. But, of course, in, in this day and age of movement, there's still some 2022s that are undecided, mainly two elite prospects, SI99 offensive tackle Josh Connerly from Washington, and then the kid we saw today, Lebius Overton, who is a reclassification From the class of 2023 an elite pass rusher who if you migrate him into the senior class becomes a top 10 top 15 type of recruit so to have that type of talent available this late in the game is quite rare um and lt's got some visits he's gonna take in march um oklahoma uh, texas a m and georgia are are all expected to get him on campus his brother is a pass rusher in the transfer portal. So that's become a wrinkle in this recruitment. So it's going to be quite interesting to see how that that plays out for uh, uh LT Overton. And and I, I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go or how long it's going to go. Uh, and I think that's what makes it interesting. Two years in a row we've had something like this. JT Tuimoloa was was kind of the, the late commitment guy last year. So uh, we always say recruiting never sleeps. And now the recruiting classes don't even change over like they used to.
0: Yeah, it's, it's got to be a heck for guys like you just to, I mean, the constant update of information. But let's go back to Overton for a second because I know a lot of Alabama fans were expecting the Tide to be a factor in his recruitment because he's originally from Alabama. I think he had some Alabama connections, maybe a, one of the parents or both parents worked at the university for some time. Of course, he's at, in the state of Georgia now. But it sounds like Alabama's out of it. Um, and, boy, if he were to end up at Texas A&M – I mean, how many pass rushing defensive tackle guys can they have?
1: Apparently it's an unlimited number uh, over (laughs) towards college station. And yeah, he said there is a top five right now. It's Oklahoma, Ohio state, Oregon, Texas A&M. And then of course the in-state Georgia Bulldogs. So if it extended to six, I do think Bama would be that sixth school. But as it stands right now, top five official visits coming up in the month of March and most likely a decision sometime in the summer months and he may just enroll at his school of choice. So again, a totally unconventional recruit, And yeah, even though he's got ties to the state, he used to live in Alabama. Uh, his father worked at Alabama. So there are certainly a lot of ties there, uh, but uh, those have, have since uh, changed in terms of how he views the program. So it looks like he will end up elsewhere.
0: It, it really is bizarre because you would think uh, that, that would be a perfect fit, but Sort of is what it is. Uh, Another guy I want to ask you about, but I'm going to save it. I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody about betonline.net because I want to talk about Arch Manning next, and that deserves its own segment. So we'll get into that after I tell everybody about betonline.net. I've been talking about BetOnline.net forever. Football might be over for this season, but basketball's in full steam and pro in college, a lot of that's going on. It's getting into be tournament time. Uh, from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball either. It's whatever you want, hockey, boxing, UFC, Everything is at betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Betonline.net, that's where the game starts. You need to go there first and check it out. Also, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Look, these things are delicious. I know you've already ruined your New Year's resolution. I, typically, I do, but I haven't this year because of Built Bars. These things are awesome. Absolutely love them. Have you tried the puffs? They're super fantastic. They're everything is covered in chocolate, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Most Built Bars contain about 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You compare that to a candy bar, which has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs, and it's a no contest. And Built Bars. Taste better. And they've got like 30 flavors. I mean, it's unbelievable. Go check out built.com. You want to go there, use promo code locked15, get 15% off that order. Use promo code locked15 for 15% off your order at built.com and go get some of these delicious, nutritious built bars. All right. Arch Manning, I'm not going to ask anything. Just go.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You're not the first person to do that. Look, I mean, This is the most unique recruitment we will ever see because of many different layers. First of all, Arch Manning, right? That last name, the quarterback position in general, that creates its own hype. This is a LeBron James-level recruit in terms of how he is really unanimously viewed as arguably the number one quarterback or the number one player in the class of 2023. He's started varsity football since his freshman year. We all know who his uncles are and his grandfather, all, of course, a former NFL quarterback. So just in the pedigree department, as unique a recruit as as we'll ever see. But then you go to the other side of it, Luke, and it's how they're handling the recruiting process. He's not on social media. He's not doing interviews. He's not posting offers or top schools or visit photos or anything like that. Arch is just handling this thing internally, which is really something we do not see ever on the recruiting trail. So we don't know how many scholarship offers he has. We don't know who is still technically in the race for his services because he won't come out and say it. Now, sources have said it around him and his coach and other people have mentioned schools being eliminated or schools uh, still in the running. And we can assume combined with all the information that there's a handful of schools still very much in it, but the camp continues to say this thing is wide open no timeline for a decision. This thing's going to go into the spring, maybe even into the summer. And everyone's just kind of on pins and needles waiting for him to make a decision, even though, again, he's not that type of kid. I mean, he may he may very well be committed to a school at some point, Luke, and few people will know about it until someone else leaks it. It won't be a kid dropping a commitment video or anything like that. So it's it's so unique in just about every way. And it's going to be the top story in recruiting uh, until he commits and probably thereafter.
0: Having said all these things and waxed poetic about him, and he is a fantastic prospect. I mean, you are a much better judge of that than I, but I have watched a lot of his highlights. He's he's fun to watch. Um, he's got a lot of Peyton, and he's got a lot of uh, granddaddy in him too. I mean, he's got he's got a, a lot of attributes you want in a quarterback. And I'm not going to pretend I can pronounce his last name, but Nico... Ah, period. You don't have to tell me who, the, the how to pronounce that. Just like you taught you taught me how to say Tungo Bailoa, and I, and I always thank you for that. Now I want you to teach me this one and also tell me how much separation is there between these two quarterbacks.
1: Well, it's not even just Nico and Arch, right? You've got Malachi uh, Nelson out in California, Jalen Rashad out in California, Jackson Arnold in Texas. This is a loaded quarterback year. So for him to be in contention for that number one spot, and right now to be the front runner for that number one spot, does say a lot uh, about Arch's talent. And like you said, Luke, very much a combination of of his uncle and his grandfather. You know, he's six five, so he's built kind of like Peyton at the high school level, just this tall, skinny, lean uh, prospect. But then when you watch him play, the arm talent's there, but so is the mobility. He can really move, not necessarily a guy you're going to design runs for, But in the modern age you have to be able to move and escape the pocket scramble for some yardage he can absolutely uh do that even as a speed trainer who i recently spoke to so this is an all-in situation for arch manning to be that modern quarterback so we know in between the ears he's going to be advanced just because of his upbringing he's got the varsity experience that really his uncles didn't have he's already surpassed them from a production standpoint at Isidore Newman High School. So it's just about where he's gonna play his college ball and and how he finishes his high school career as a senior. But regardless of where the rankings start, um, he'll be in that conversation for number one when they finish, which is is what matters most. And as you can tell, I'm avoiding uh, the Nico pronunciation because I'm not quite there yet. I've only talked to him once. We're not quite there yet, but it does start with an I as you mentioned.
0: (laughs) Okay. I, I swear, John, the, the whole time you were talking, I almost couldn't pay attention because I was like, do I need to bring up the fact he's not telling me how to pronounce his last name yet?
1: Because hey, I'm a straight up person. So yes, I'm not uh, I there. Dig yet.
0: I dig it. And, and once you learn, you you can send me the pronunciation, the the respelling. I will appreciate that. Uh John, let's go ahead and take another break. And when we come back, I want to talk about the two guys committed to Alabama and also who do you think will be next uh to commit to the tie? You don't know this, but on video, we have to have an awkward pause when I say it's the next break because it's not actually a live read. And I don't know how to put those breaks in the video yet, so it's just an awkward pause for the podcast. Now, so you were probably looking at this like, this is the strangest interview that I've ever been on. He's asking me questions about answers (laughs) I can't pronounce, et cetera, et cetera. But bear with me. That will be better on the podcast than it is on the video. So Alabama's got two defensive back commitments already, Jaleel Hurley, uh, and Elliot Washington Jr., one of them from the state of Alabama, one of them uh, an Alabama legacy. I-, I find it interesting. Maybe it's just coincidental that Alabama has two defensive backs committed uh, as their first two. Uh, you know, maybe they targeted defensive backs, or maybe it's just the first two guys who wanted to commit. I don't know. Um, but talk about those two guys. And also, who do you think will be the next guy to pop for Alabama?
1: I'll start with that part, Luke. I think that's going to be fascinating. I, I'm not sure if anyone has a scheduled commitment in the next couple of weeks, but I do know Peter Woods is getting kind of close. I mean, he's probably the number one prospect in the state going forward for this class of 2023 D-Lyman out of Thompson High School. He has long told me, hey, I want to be committed sooner rather than later. Well, we're getting to that point, and, and it's going to be a hotly contested Recruitment, Alabama's battling Clemson, Georgia, Florida, so many schools for the premier defensive lineman in the state. But the sooner he does want to make a decision, that familiarity with Alabama I do think is going to be an important factor into this thing with Peter. Clemson was kind of a dark horse for him during the fall season, but Todd Bates was really the reason for Clemson's emergence up his list. He's now at Oklahoma. I think that could potentially open the door just the right uh, amount of space there for Alabama, but we'll see when he wants to decide. As far as the two recent commitments, like you mentioned, both defensive backs, Elliot Washington, Jaleel Hurley, two very different defensive backs, but both incredibly versatile. Hurley out of Florence is a long, lean, uh, explosive athlete who could very well play offense at wide receiver at the next level if he wanted to but I do agree with Alabama that his ceiling is on the defensive side of the football, just can attack the football at its highest point. Change of direction is there. The suddenness, the twitch, all the buzzwords we love to throw out in recruiting. He's got all of them. And I think he could be an elite prospect at corner or safety down the line. And Washington, a little bit different, a little bit more physical, a little bit more compact of a player built for contact, built for physicality. So I think of that nickel role. We we saw Malachi Moore two years ago, Brian Branch this year really emerge as r- ridiculous nickel prospects who could who could play the pass and the run, even blitz and rush the passer on occasion. I think Elliott Washington got some of that in his game, and I do know that he's very tough. Uh, I saw him at a camp last week where he's coming off of an Achilles injury, and he's plowing, powering through all the drills. He's wincing when he's coming out of his breaks, but he's still knocking down passes uh, against – South Florida wide receivers, which Alabama fans know, are, are quite the crop every single year in recruiting. So he's got this toughness and this, this confidence about him that I really like. And I think he's built for more of that nickel or traditional safety type of role at Alabama. So I think both guys are very versatile. They're both big and they're both long, which is, again, what, what you really want at that position in, in this modern age.
0: I don't mean to throw you off here, but I want to go back to the 2022 class for just a minute. And I know recruiters like yourself have already, I mean, you guys are on to like 2026 now. I mean, y'all are, I mean, some of the guys y'all are tracking are in utero. Uh, They have to be, I mean, because that's just the way the business is now, but um, I want to go, but you brought up wide receivers and Alabama's wide receiver class. I I feel like was the best in the country this past year. Uh, They've got a bunch uh, of fantastic wide receivers coming up. So of that bunch, and if you need me to give you a refresher on all their names, I'm happy to, but of that bunch, who do you think could make the most instant impact?
1: That's a great question. And, and yeah, you could really go in any direction here. I think Shaz Preston might be the most complete receiver that Bama's going to bring in. But when you think of the freshmen who have made impact at Alabama at that position over the last five to ten years, it's been more these slot type of receiver so I, I may go Aaron Anderson you know from Louisiana well Preston is too both of them from Louisiana I, I really love what Anderson can do with the ball in his hands and I think it creates kind of this uh, hand the ball off bubble screen return man kind of impact that he could potentially make I'm not going to say he's Jalen Waddle because I don't think in the explosive department that that those guys come around even every five years so for, for one to come around a few years later would be rare so i'm not going there but we did see waddle make an impact as a true freshman as as first a return man and kind of a gadget guy and then eventually as a traditional slot wide receiver who could really uh, break down the middle of the defense and i think aaron anderson has some of those same qualities and one of the more confident receivers i've ever scouted uh in the last decade i mean this kid knows, what he can do with the football in his hands. And I think that's something that Alabama could take advantage of right off the bat and at a position of need.
0: Man, that's music to my ears because I think one thing that lacked from some of the receivers uh, this past season was confidence. I mean, now you go back to a Jai Hall, somebody who I think he he spoke as if he had the confidence. And on Twitter he, he was very confident. But I think when he got in the game, I, I think people – you know even guys who are supremely confident and supremely talented they get in the game and realize oh my god everybody's about as big and fast as i am and i think the national championship overwhelmed him just a little bit because he had a couple of drops in that game although he he played pretty well and i'm excited to see what he can do um but but uh, you know even jojo Earl i think had his you know had his moments of trepidation it felt like at times um and i expected to have a little bit more impact from some of the wide receivers on last in the last class. So I'm really excited to hear that somebody like Aaron Anderson, the first word that pops in your head outside of speed is confidence.
1: Absolutely. I mean, this is a guy who, who, who played at the highest level in New Orleans, and we know in, in that area some of these metros kind of speak for themselves, right? New Orleans Metro, Houston, Miami, Atlanta, Los Angeles. If you come from one of those metros, you almost have a different uh, kind of swagger about you because you've played against fellow – in this case sec guys or even future nfl guys and you've already had that kind of success and aaron has had that over the last several years uh coming out of high school so I, I think that's a big factor in terms of why i think he'll make an impact early and also the return game was was not explosive in 2021 and, and the main slot receiver Slade bolden i mean he's obviously uh, off to the nfl so i i think there's just kind of that that natural need for an impact there but also a prospect who's just ready to, to potentially step in. And, and I think that's why you've seen Bama attack that position in recruiting like crazy. I think what, eight wide receivers signed over the last two cycles, um, this is this has been a big transition as you move on from that ridiculous crop that we were getting used to at Alabama with Devontae Smith and Jerry Judy and all those guys, Waddle, as we mentioned. Now as you move the, the, towards the next group, uh, you've got to start hitting on some of these recruits. So I think that's why you've seen a, a bigger volume for Alabama, But Aaron Anderson was a great get late in the game uh, following that, that LSU commitment.
0: And let's also be honest, Slade Bolden w- was very – he was very good at what he did. He's a solid SEC contributor. There, there's not a universe, though, where he's all SEC caliber. Um, and a guy like Aaron Anderson, at least on film, looks like he could potentially be an all SEC, if not more, guy. Uh, Isaiah Bond, of the same way. Kendrick Law, the same way. You mentioned Shaz Preston, same way. And another thing that's very interesting that Jimmy and I have talked about a lot, it's not like Alabama's not looking for the next Julio Jones. Everybody wants a Julio Jones (laughs) or A.J. Green, right? Tall, with the speed, with the strength, with the hands, with the route running. That's fantastic. But Alabama has certainly gone a little more diminutive and speedy as hell uh, versus even a Devontae Smith, who's very fast, but a little bit taller than even some of these guys. These guys are more like, uh, slender Tyreek Hills versus, you know, taller wide receivers, right?
1: Well, yeah, Isaiah Bond can run with with anybody in college football right now, which is scary to think about because he hasn't hit that SEC weight room just yet. So you've got truly blow the top off of the defense speed. I think when you talk about Anderson and Kendrick Law, this is this is more quickness and speed together. We used to call guys either quick or fast. Both of these guys are both. I like Kendrick Law's athleticism so much. I had him ranked as a top 99 recruit as a nickel defensive back. Oh, he wow. was also under consideration to be there as a running back. I mean, you talk about a football player. That kid just needs to find one position and just be able to focus there. And he may be the guy who takes off first. He can do just about anything you want on the field. But he's a 4-4 guy who's also incredibly quick, just like Aaron Anderson. And then Preston's kind of a combination of Uh, where he's got a little bit more size than Anderson and Law, uh, but he maybe doesn't have that top-end speed that Isaiah Bond does. So I do think they're all a nice blend. They're a little bit different from one another, but they all can absolutely run, Luke. And and again, that's really, outside of Jamison Williams, that was missing for Alabama in 2021, that true downfield threat. I thought Mechie was incredibly reliable, played within his responsibility, but not a guy who – threatened both safeties pre-snap like Jamison Williams did. So the more guys you trot out like that, the, the better success you have. But, yes, the trend is is getting smaller at receiver and bigger at defensive back as as the college football world spins and tries to figure out what what works and, and puts more points on the scoreboard.
0: John, you are literally the man. Tell everybody how they can find out more what you're writing, what you're potting, what whatever you're doing.
1: A little bit of everything. Uh, I appreciate the kind words always. SI.com, free college football coverage, recruiting coverage, basketball coverage, the whole nine there. Uh, SI.com and of course slash college if you want to dig into what we're doing uh, fresh off of the Atlanta Under Armour camp where uh, a lot of kids were mentioning Alabama to the surprise of nobody. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Well, that's good to hear. Thank you, John. Appreciate your time, buddy. We will have you on again soon as recruiting never stops and neither do you. So until then, though, roll tide, buddy.
1: Appreciate it. Take care.